Hello, everyone. This is Dan Gordon of the Dan Gordon Podcast. This is episode number four. And first and foremost, I would love to, I want to thank you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening right now. Thank you for the last three episodes of, that, that you've listened to. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your support. I really, really appreciate the people who have shared this, who have told other people about this, who have tagged other people in, in, in the Facebook post. I also have an Instagram. I'm, I'm really trying to get that started. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I'm, I'm getting it on, on the way just to, uh, to get this more out there. And, and the point of this, I always want to emphasize what the point of this is. The point of this is I do not want anyone to have to go down the road that I went down. I don't want anyone to have to go to prison. That's something I used to think about a lot when I was locked up, man. How can, how can I help people not to have to experience this terrible, terrible, terrible place? You know, I spent uh, six years almost in prison. And that's no way to live, man. There's no, there's, it's really hard to have life out there. I found life in prison because I wanted to find life because I wanted to do better, but it was not, it was, it's, it's so terrible every single morning waking up and and looking out your window and you see fences and bars and, and chains and guards. And, uh, you have literally no control over, over your day to day. You do have control as far as you can decide to do something good. You can decide to be, do something bad. You can decide, uh, the people you hang out with and all, and all that sort of thing. But it's, it's very, the, the control is very little and it's, it's not, it is not easy and it's not something I'd wish on anybody, uh, because it's just, it's not the way we're designed to live. It's not the way that God designed us to be. We're not supposed to be in a cage. We're not supposed to be locked up. And that's not just physical incarceration either, man. Uh, a lot of us have experienced drug addiction. A lot of us have experienced different types of addiction. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And, and, uh, these things are prisons in themselves. And I hope, I really, really hope the, the point of me saying this is that I really, really hope that I can, I can help you not to have to go down that road. Or if you're in that road, if you're in that part right now where, where you are addicted to drugs or you are experiencing some kind of prison, I want to give you some hope. I want to tell you, man, there's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's, 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 you can get out of these things, but it's not going to be easy. It's never going to be easy. And that's the principle I always talk about all the time, that if you do it as easy, if you do the drugs, if you do the addiction, if you continue to live the way you're going to live, your life is going to be hard. All these things are going to compound. They're going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And and you're going to be somewhere where you, you don't want to be, whether it's actual prison or you die or, 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 or you just have no money and you're at a, uh, you stay in this terrible place. But if you do it as hard, if you if you confront yourself, if you get out of the addiction, if you stop the drugs, if you let go, and 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 I'm not, man, I'm saying that it's hard. It is so hard. It is it is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, especially a a serious drug addiction, um, and and really any addiction. They're hard to get out of because we just that's what we know. That's the safe spot, you know. Snorting heroin or meth can be a safe spot for us, and we need to get out of that safe spot, and we need to confront. Uh, this darkness and today's about fear. The reason we do these addictions, the reason we do these things is because we fear our our future. We fear what we could become. We fear the responsibility. We fear uh, being a failure. We fear that that if I try, if I go out there and do something, it's not going to be good enough. It's going to be it's going to be terrible, and I'm going to be scrutinized and criticized, and people are going to be looking at me, and and I'm going to fall on my face. So why not just do? this other thing? Why not just, just sit here and, and wallow in my self-pity? Why not uh, 
continue to do these things. And I'm not saying, man, I don't want you to feel like you're weak. I don't want you to feel like you're a loser. I want you to know that you are strong. I want you to know that you are powerful. I want you to know that you can get out of this thing. You can completely get out of this. You can change your life. It is insane how much we can change. We can change like from, from the person I used to be to the person that I am now. Like it is like night and day. I'm still me. I'm still authentically who I am. And, 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 and I'm maybe saying I'm still is the wrong thing because I wasn't authentically who I was before because what I was doing is I was hiding. I was running. I was, I was being a coward. I was being afraid of, of, of this change of this transition, you know, I love, I love, I love, I love the hero's journey, man. I was, I was experiencing that call to adventure for like a decade and I kept running from it. I kept running from it. I kept running from it. There's all these little signs that, that God kept sending me. There's all these little messages and he was like, man, come on, dude, you can do this. I know you can do it, but you have to decide to do it. God's not going to do it for you. I'm not going to do it for you. Uh, the people who love you are not going to do it for you. And eventually they might get tired of, of dealing with, with this you who's not actually you. You know, you were meant to be, to be so much more than you are. And, and, and I, I tell that to, I tell that to be, to, to, to everybody. And that, that doesn't take away your unique potentiality because every single one of us has this unique gift. We have this unique potentiality. We're not all meant to be athletes. We're not all meant to be this, this, that, or the other. We're not all meant to be millionaires or billionaires, but we all are meant to do something great. We are all meant to be, uh, there's this space that, that we are supposed to occupy there's these people that we're supposed to influence because our job as, as human beings, and right now, you know, uh, you might want to turn this off because I'm telling you, man, there is, there is something that you're supposed to do. And now that you have that knowledge, uh, you're going to be, you're going to be doubly accountable towards God, towards yourself, towards your family, towards your children, towards everybody, because you know that now, you know, uh, once, once you have the knowledge of this, once you have the knowledge of, of what you're supposed to do, then, then you cannot turn back because, because now you know that, that you're, that you're, you're failing your future self. You're failing the people in the future. And once again, this is not a condemnation thing, but this is something that I want to call you. And I want to call you to this adventure. I want to call you to face your fear, to face the fear of, of, of letting go of those drugs. Cause what good have they done you? What good has this addiction done you? Like literally sit down, write, write down a little thing. What good has, has, has snorting meth done for me? What good has, has continuing to look at pornography done to me? What good have any of these things done in my life? And come up with a list. And I guarantee you, if you're really being honest with yourself, you cannot tell you, say a whole lot of good things that these things have done for you. Uh, and even if it's just a lifestyle, it doesn't have to be an addiction. What good has wallowing in my self-pity done for me? What good has blaming others done for me? Has, has it done any good? Has it really done any good? I, I challenge you. If, if, if you can come up with some reasons why what these, what these terrible addictions have, have done for you, some good things, I mean, uh, please contact me and let me know. And I would love to discuss that. I would love to just be like, oh yeah, you, you really think that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to listen and, and maybe you can teach me something, but I do not believe that you're going to actually be able to tell me or yourself, more importantly yourself, uh, that, that these things are good for you, that these things are conducive to, to, to being that better person, to getting in that space that you're supposed to occupy. Now, one of the things that I just absolutely despise about fear, man, is that there are so many just wrong teachings about fear. And the number one that I always hear that if you're afraid, you're a coward. 
that, that you that you don't you, you can't be afraid. You're a man if you're not afraid, or, or you're a you're a strong woman if you're not afraid. That's a lie. That is a lie. That is a lie. Uh, fear is something that we're always going to have. Fear is something that is built into us. Fear is something, an emotion, a gift that God has given us to protect us, to help us preserve our lives. We're afraid when we're driving down the highway and someone's driving erratically. We're afraid, and that makes us either back off or get the heck around them or choose a different road because we don't want to get in a crash and die. So fear is good and it's important. And it's a protector. But sometimes these fears, they are not good. Sometimes these fears, these fears that if I go out and try this thing that I want to try, that people are going to laugh at me, that people are going to look at me a different way, then then I'm never going to be anything, that I'm never going to be good, that I'm never going to amount to a damn thing. These fears... These fears can really do us a lot of damage if we let them control us. Now, one of these, I read a, or I got an amazing quote when, uh, when I was first in jail, my brother, he sent me a, uh, a list of quotes, a whole bunch of good quotes. And, and one of them was, uh, was the man in the arena. And this was, uh, by Theodore Roosevelt. The speech is actually called something else, but this part of the speech, they, they refer to as the man in the arena. And I'm going to read that real quick. And it says, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at his best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at his worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. I love that last part. Like, like it is so much worse to not know victory or defeat. It's so much better to know failure than to know victory, than to not know that you could have, that you could have done something, you know, to, to just be in that space where you're just, I don't know, but it's, 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 it's better to actually fail and learn from that failure than to not do anything at all because you're afraid of that failure. I, I love the, the, the very beginning. It says it is not the critic that counts. Now in our lives, when, especially when we go on some kind of endeavor or some kind of investment or, or just we're, we're aiming towards something, we want to share it with people. And a lot of times, even the, the most well-meaning people, the people that we love, can be a critic in our lives. And, and, and they, can, they can be trying to help. They can be like, man, you know, that doesn't sound very plausible that doesn't sound realistic that doesn't sound this that doesn't sound that and that's something you have to decide for yourself like you need to set this goal and you need to find out what you need to do and you need to let nothing stop you if this is truly something worth pursuing now at first you can you can you can take into consideration is this just something ridiculous am i going to be a uh, an astronaut who's never gone to school blah 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 probably not but you can start taking those steps to get to that space and and is it is it something that you're willing to sacrifice uh other things for and you know the thing about the critics too man that that, that i really uh, another quote that really helped me it said that uh if you realized how how little people thought about you, you'd really be offended. And that really kind of opened my mind. Like, you know, sometimes we think that we're the center of the universe, that, that, uh, that people, that people are just thinking about us all the time, that people are just like, just 
scrutinizing every little move you make, that people are just watching you, that, that people care about me so much that they don't think about anything else. And that's a pretty egotistical, prideful way to think about things because if you truly think about it, besides your immediate family, besides your children, besides your wife, besides your husband, besides uh, those people that you spend every day with, do you really think about people that much? Do you really just think about, you know, uh, your friend's life about every little decision they make i would i would say probably not and and even more your enemy do you really just think about them all day do you really just just spend your time just worrying about what they're doing i i i can i can definitely say that you don't and i can say that i don't and so that if you don't then do you really think that they do that that they're just so like and there there are some people who are just terrible and they have nothing else to do but but think about other people and that's because they're they're uh their their own inadequacies are it, it makes it easier for them to, to scrutinize you than scrutinize themselves, you know. And when you go on a, a, a thing that's that that a, a worthy pursuit, it makes people feel so inadequate. That's why a lot of times when you do that, you have just these haters, these groups of haters, because it shows them that that this is something that they could possibly be doing. Maybe not the same thing, but it show, it exposes them. It exposes them when they see a good person, when they see someone trying to do something good. So instead of examine themselves, which is what they're supposed to do, they try to examine you and they try to tell you and they try to bring you down and they try to start some kind of hate mongering. And, and, and it's like, don't, don't feed into that. Don't buy into that. See it for what it truly is. But also don't get prideful. Don't be like, oh, well, you know, what a bunch of losers, blah, 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 blah. Just be like, you know what that feels like because you've probably scrutinized somebody else because you've been the critic before in somebody else's life. So you can understand where they're coming from. Uh, but don't, don't feed into it. You know, just try to encourage them be like, uh, you know, well, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I want to do. And, uh, uh, what do you want to do? Like, try to be like, Hey man, uh, just talk to them. People, people just sometimes need to be listened to. Sometimes they need to, uh, to just, to just, say things to, to, to get these things out and to, and to move to the next level. And part of this, this podcast and this, this little, I wouldn't really call it a movement is, is like, dude, if you, if you are this person, if you are this person who moves into your space and who does this thing that you're supposed to do, well, you're going to influence other people, you know, and, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to use the experiences and the failures and the things that, that, that we have conquered to help the next man, to help the next woman, to help the next generation, to, to make the world a better place. Now, we're never, ever, 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 don't get in your mind this, this, this crazy utopia idea where everything's going to be pleasant. You're going to be running through the field and bliss and blah, blah, blah. It's not real. It's not a real place. Um, we don't want to be there anyway. We think that we want to be in some paradise, but we don't want to be there. We need, we need struggle. We need, we need uh, things we need unpredictable things. We need the unknown. We need to, 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 to experience that, to make life more interesting. We think that we want just this, this blissful state of mind, but, uh, look at these people who have all these things that they wanted. Look at, look at these, these millionaires, these billionaires, these actors, these actresses who got all these accolades and who everybody loves. Typically they're not very happy. Typically they don't really feel like like they have meaning in life. Um, they went out and did the thing that they thought they wanted to do. And I'm not discrediting that at all, but they, they missed out on some very important things along the way. And when you, when you decide that you want this goal, that you want this venture, that you want to do this thing, don't ever forget, uh, the people around you. Don't forget to love. Don't forget to enjoy life. Don't forget to appreciate life because if you're constantly, constantly just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, 
you're going to, you're going to be at this, you're going to be at a place and sure you have all this money and you have all these things. But the thing about money and things is you want to enjoy them with people. You want to enjoy them with people you love. And it's not, it's, you don't ever want to sacrifice, uh, those people at the altar for the thing that you love, you know, or for the thing that you think that you, that you want to do. Um, you will have to make some sacrifices. You will have to work some longer hours. You will have to put in some, some time into your work, but you also need to put some time into your family into your loved ones and to the people who have helped you. You need to answer those phone calls. Sometimes you need to go and, and enjoy your, your Christmas with these people. You need to go, uh, just do some things with the people you love because that's really, uh, the thing at the end of your life, you're not going to, you're not going to remember all those hours you put in. You're not going to remember all the, all the things that, that, that all the little, all the time your boss told you good job. You're going to remember the time you spent with your children. You're going to remember the time you spent with your family. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't like that idea of, 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 of sacrificing everything for your, your dream. I see a lot of these, these, these women in Hollywood, they'll get an abortion or, or they won't spend time with their children. And they're like, Oh, I got my dream. And, you know, and, and they're talking about how, how they, they, they got an abortion and, and it was so great because now they're, they're on, they're, they're famous, but it's like, dude, I don't think that they actually think that. I think that somewhere inside they know that it's not that great, that actually raising a child, raising another human being that God has blessed you with would have actually been the better road to choose, the happier road to choose, the place that, that brings you that fulfillment in your life. You know, so I just, I wanted, I wanted to take some time to just really, really uh, ingrain that in, man. Don't forget about those people. You know, I, I've read a whole bunch of biographies on, on people who got famous or people who made all this money. And that was the number one thing that they always talked about. Man, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. Man, I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Yeah, I did this and I did that. And sure, it's inspirational. But uh, I, I didn't remember the things that were important. You know, I didn't remember to help others. I didn't remember this. I, did, I just was so, so selfish. I read a, a great, great, great book. Uh, by by Ann Rand, it's called Atlas Shrugged, and this is a great book because it, it talks about how um, the greatness of man and the greatness of what you can what you can accomplish. But it's 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 very very anti uh, Christian. It's very anti uh, helping other people out. But one of the things it, it helped me with though was realize the the potential of what I could possibly be. Like I could be so much more. I could be, I could be greater. I could be greater. I could be greater. Now, when you read a book like that uh, or any book or listen to a podcast, you really have to to take what's good out of it and, 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 and get rid of the bad stuff because everybody's going to have some bad stuff. I'm going to say some things that might not be applicable to your life or might be bad. And you have to take those things and you have to be like, all right, well, what he said here, it was good, but you know, maybe, maybe not so much there. And that's, that's a part of everyone's, everyone's journey. When I was, when I was younger, man, I remember I would read, I read that book actually. And it's, she's an objectivist, meaning that, that you only believe what you can see and touch and feel. And I was like, man, I'm an objectivist now and blah, blah, blah. But I also believe in God, which is totally paradoxical because you can't be an objectivist and believe in God because objectivists just believe what they can see, touch and feel and, uh, can observe. And then I, and then I, I didn't realize the, the fallacies in that. And, and, but it was just, it was just because I was younger, but I would just like to warn you to be careful what you take in because, uh, these things are going to influence you more than you think that you can be influenced. If you think you can't be influenced, uh, you're wrong. And that's, uh, something that, that they talk about in the old Testament a lot. And it's the, I really think that's the importance of the lesson there is they talk about the, these Israelites and these tribes, these Hebrews, these wanderers, uh, God's people, 
they they were they were they were always constantly moving from place to place to place, and uh, they they kind of they they set themselves apart from other people. But other people could join the 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 tribe, but they had to also set themselves apart, and that was part of the circumcision ritual and uh, other rituals that they did, not eating certain. Uh, dietary things because first of all it's healthy and second of all it, they're they're set apart as god's people but whenever they would t- take something in their lives that were not of of god it would destroy them they would take in a different religion or a different group of people who brought these different idols into their lives and it would completely just destroy these tribes and it was time and time again these people would go out and 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 they would uh they would they would be following God and they would be doing these things, and then they would take these 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 foreigners, you know, and uh, and and these customs that these people brought into their lives would would completely destroy them. And so I'm not I'm, I'm not saying uh, don't let any foreigners in your life, but don't let anything in your life that is not going to set you apart, you know. And that's that's part of the story. Like don't don't bring friends into your life that are going to talk down to you. Don't bring friends into your life who are lazy, who, who don't want to do anything because those are going to affect you as much as you don't think that they're going to affect you. They're going to affect you just like the books. They're going to affect you just like the things you listen to. They're going to affect you. And you really have to, uh, to decide in your own life, uh, what do I want to take in and what do I want to, what do I want to put out? I'm not saying you can't entertain yourself or you can't, uh, you can't watch this or that, but you just have to be careful. I personally like uh, a lot of comedies and a lot of comedies are raunchy and uh, they make me happy, but I have to, I, I do have to regulate myself sometimes. Like, All right, well, that was funny and that was fun and I deserve that because I worked really hard, but I don't need to, I don't need to take this part of it in. It was just for purely for entertainment, you know, but anyway, on the, on the fear aspect, man, um, you know, uh, the thing about stories that I, I like to talk about a lot is that, man, stories are just so, so important, man. Um, one of the stories I loved growing up was The Dark Knight, Batman, man. You're, and you're going to, you might laugh and, man, this dude's a nerd, but that story is very important. And one of, one of the most important things is just in the name, The Dark Knight. And that's something that we, that the reason that story has carried on and on and on and on, um, through different stories, but right now it's it's the Batman story, and it's an archetypal story, is because Batman as the Dark Knight, that is the perfect embodiment of what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, the darkness is the unknown. The darkness is the fear. The darkness is the things inside of ourselves that, that we have to we have to bring into, into the light. And the night, the night is uh, the, the light bringer. So you're, you're dark, and you're the light bringer. And that's the type of person that, that the balanced type of person that we're supposed to be. I'm not saying dark, like you're supposed to sin, but dark, like you're supposed to pull these things out of yourself and you're supposed to see, man, I'm capable of this. I'm capable of that. And I talked about that in the, uh, the podcast about evil. Like, like I could be potentially this bad person, but knowing that you could be that is what's going to make you that complete person, not knowing and, and trying to be like, man, I'm just so noble is going to the being completely denied is going to imbalance, imbalance you from being a, a, a complete human being from being that chaos, that chaos and order. That's the way to be complete is, is doing unknown things, examining unknown things in yourself and bringing them to the light. And then when you bring those, when you examine those things, when you look at those things uh, and bring them to the light, we're supposed to share these things with others. We're supposed to make the world a better place by looking at, at the darkness and facing our fears. And, and uh, sometimes our fears are, are just, are so, are so ridiculous, man. Uh, but, 
but we need to realize what that is. And the thing about the the Dark Knight again was it was like the 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 greatest one of the the greatest things I always loved about Batman. That's why I got a Batman tattoo. Was he used the thing that he feared? He used the thing that he feared was bats to put fears to put fear into fear itself. And so when when you go out and and face that fear and you conquer that fear, you can use that fear, and 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 you can you can destroy actual darkness. You know, something I really liked, uh, my brother, he's also got a podcast. It's called the Colt Gordon podcast. But uh, over the summer, he lives in California and pretty much every day he would go out and swim in the ocean and he would, he would swim out to a buoy or whatever uh, a specific distance. I don't really remember what it was, but it was, it was, it was far enough. And uh, the thing about swimming in the ocean is the ocean is a very, very unknown place. Uh, there's sharks in, in California and, and, you know, there's the potentiality of you getting attacked by sharks. You can, there's all sorts of things in the ocean that are scary. And so he would go out in the ocean and he would talk about, he'd get this fear and, and his heart rate would just, just go crazy. And uh, hair is standing up and, and you're in the ocean and you're swimming and something touches your leg and, oh my gosh, it's a shark, you know, uh, because of Jaws and Steven Spielberg and that terrible thing. But, uh, <laughs> but he would talk about this thing and then he would say like how he used this in his life, how the, 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 that this, you know, swimming in the ocean definitely is a good thing because it, it, it builds you up physically and it builds you up mentally. And it, but it's not just about that. These little things that we do when we conquer our fears, they transcend into every other area of our life. You know, that's, that's all these little small things that you think don't matter. They matter so much. They're so, so important. So when you, when you like something that people with, uh, neurosis is people who, uh, they might be afraid to go outside. Um, a good therapist will encourage them to, 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 to voluntarily go outside. Now, if you push these people outside, they're going to get, they're going to get like really, they're going to get really messed up and they're going to get even worse off because they were forced into that. But if you, if they voluntarily go outside, if they voluntarily, uh, go around crowds or voluntarily speak in front of an audience of people, um, it helps you conquer that fear. And that fear is going to be around for, for a while. And, and, you know, like one of the things I've talked about is, is public speaking. I was very afraid the first time I public spoke or spoke in public. And, uh, it was terrible and it was, I was stuttering a lot and I wasn't very good at it, but I continued to do it and I continued to do it. And every time I got that feeling, man, like, Oh gosh, I got to do this. Uh, it, it made me so afraid, but I decided to step up and to get over that fear and almost, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say every time I did it, but a lot of times I did it, I would get a lot of good feedback and people were like, man, you need to do this. You need to continue to do this. This is something really good. But I could have just sat back and, and just not did anything and, and been afraid. And, and I never would have known. And that's, that's one of the worst things about that is, is not knowing, you know, um, one, a very, very common fear for, for men, especially young men, um, is, is approaching a woman, talking to a woman. That's a very, very, very scary thing because, you, you see this beautiful woman and you like her, but you start all these little fears and thoughts start running through your mind. And you're like, man, dude, uh, she's going to hate me. She's going to spit on me. She's going to tell me I'm the ugliest dude in the world or, or whatever. We, we get these just crazy, irrational thoughts. Probably the worst that's going to happen is not as bad as the worst that you think is going to happen. The worst that's going to happen is you go up and approach a woman and she's not interested. That's it. Oh man, that hurts so bad. You know, move on. There's plenty of women out there. There's plenty. And, and, and for women, there's plenty of men out there, but, uh, 
But the thing is, every time you do that, you learn something. You learn, first of all, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. And second of all, you, you learn that, that you can do things that you think that you cannot do. And that's a very, very important lesson. And then the third part is like, what if she actually likes you? You know, and you don't go and you don't, you don't get out there and, and put yourself out there where, where you could find that out. You know, I, uh, that was when, when I was, when I was younger, before I, uh, when I was, when I was drinking a lot, I was really insecure and I was a big part of drinking was when you drink, uh, especially in an addictive way is, is I'm hiding my insecurities. It's making me more confident. And so I would hardly, man, I was, I, I acted very confident, but I really wasn't confident. I would hardly talk to a woman unless I was drunk. And to the point of being drunk where I was stumbling and slurring and they're not going to be interested in anything at all. And so it was, <laughs> it was a very bad strategy, very poor strategy. I would wait till I was just drunk out of my mind. And then they're just like, man, go away. You know, who is this drunk idiot? I don't care if he looks good or whatever. Cause you don't look good when you're running around stumbling, uh, with puke on your chin or whatever. But, uh, in, in, since I've been out, I, I recently, um, uh, I pursued this woman and, and I was very, very, very afraid to enter that chaos. Uh, we had, we had a very good friendship and a very good relationship and, and we, we, we could talk back and forth, but I was still insecure about, um, about whether or not she was going to like me or not. But since I've learned about conquering fear and stuff, I was like, man, I'm a real hypocrite. If I don't go out here and, and find out, you know, maybe she, she ends up not wanting to be my friend. Maybe she ends up, uh, shutting me down. But if I don't, if I don't find out, then I could, I could live, uh, I could always wonder, well, what if, what if I did this? What if I talked to her? Um, so what I did was, uh, I was very, very, uh, I was going to do it. I was going to talk to her. I procrastinated just a little bit, but, uh, I, I put on a black shirt and I like to wear dark colors because they, they remind me of the, the idea of voluntarily entering chaos. And so asking a woman out, asking a woman if, if, if she likes, if she likes you or whatever, if she's interested in you is, is chaotic because you don't know what's going to happen. But like I said, I didn't want to be a hypocrite I had to go do it. I had to go talk to her. I had to be like, Hey, um, I, I'm very, see, I'm, ner I'm nervous right now. Just thinking about it. <laughs> Not really, but, um, but so I put on the dark shirt and I was like, man, today's the day I'm going to tell her. I worked myself up a couple of days. I kept getting these signs like, man, you need to talk to her. You need to talk to her asking people for advice. And they're like, uh, why don't you just tell her, you know, but it's, it's easier when you're the, when you're the spectator, but when you're actually the guy doing it, it's like, man, this is, this is terrible. But so I went and I told her, I said, Hey, uh, I got my black shirt on and I have to do this. I hope that you don't hate me after this, but I, I'm really attracted to you and I really like you. And, and, uh, you're somebody who I'm interested in. And so, uh, so then there was that little pause. And I was like, Oh gosh, it's out there, <laughs> you know? But then she was like, wow, that's really nice. I really like you too. Uh, let's go out sometime. And it was nice, but I could have just, I could still be thinking like, well, well, this is months, months later, of course. What if she likes me? What if she doesn't? I could just be sitting in that space of the, of, of, of not knowing and being a coward and, and being a hypocrite or, or, we're in a, we're in a great relationship right now and it's awesome. And it's really cool because I decided to, to step out there and enter that chaos. And that, that may seem like a small thing, but that's not a small thing because that's one of the things people are most afraid of is, is, uh, is being vulnerable in a relationship, being vulnerable in front of another person. That's just, it's so, it's so scary to put yourself out there. Even on this, this podcast, man, it's, it's scary to put myself out there. It's scary to, 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 to be vulnerable, to share, uh, 
to share my fears, to tell, share these stories, to share things like this, because there's this part of my mind that's like, man, uh, you sound stupid. This isn't good. No one's going to like it. Blah, blah, blah. I got to shut those voices down. I got to just be like, you know what? Somebody's going to hear it and somebody's going to get something good out of it. I'm going to plant a seed in somebody's life and they're going to remember this later down the road. Maybe it's not going to just, of course, someone's not just going to snap their fingers and life's going to be better because they heard something I said, because like I said, it requires work and it's hard. But right now what I'm doing is, is I'm, 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 being responsive to what I feel like God is asking me to do and, and, and putting myself out there and sharing and, and, uh, being vulnerable. And that is really, really, really going to help. And I, I heard this thing in the Bible. Well, well, first of all, when I was in, uh, when I was in prison, there's these volunteers who came in and the, the, they were, uh, Mennonites. I don't know if you know anything about them, but, uh, they came in week after week after week and they were just like the most loving, humble people. And, uh, they would come and, uh, talk to us and share with us and bring food and bring movies and all this stuff. And one day I just asked this dude, I said, Hey man, uh, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, yeah, sure. I said, well, let me ask you something, man. So you come here week and week, week after week after week and say me and you have a great conversation and say that you just feel like we had this amazing, amazing breakthrough. And, uh, and, um, and then the next week you come back and you find out I'm, I've gotten a lot of trouble and I'm G5 or I got in a fight or something bad and you can't see me anymore. How does that make you feel? And the dude stopped for a second. He paused and he said, you know what? I don't care. And I was like, whoa, you don't care. Obviously you care. You come here. You know, and he's like, no, no, no. I don't care about the result. My job is to do what I was called to do. And what I feel like I was called to do is come here. And I know that. And after I, I, I'm supposed to love people and I'm supposed to show them uh, what God has shown me. And that's it. That's all I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to worry about the result. And there's this, there's this little thing in, in the beginning of Corinthians where it's talking about Paul and Apollos and uh, what their jobs were. And it says that, that, that Paul planted and Apollos watered, but God, he grants the increase. So when you do something like this, when you do something for someone else, you don't worry about the outcome. You don't worry about what people do with it. You just do it and you put it out there and, and it's their decision and, and it's between them and God what they're going to do with it. Because if you worry about the outcome, man, you're going to be severely disappointed a lot of times. You know, there's going to be some times where people are like, man, you really helped me, blah, blah, blah. And that's nice. And there's going to be other times where, you know, somebody who, who might tell you that later, they go back down and they, they get incarcerated or they, they die or whatever. But that's not up to you. You're just supposed to do your job. And your job is to share your experiences. Your job is to do the thing that 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 God has 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 told you to do. And and your job is to voluntarily face those fears and voluntarily make yourself better because that makes the world a better place, you know. And back on the uh on the the the, the dark night, man, just remember that. Like remember that that you got chaos and you got order. And that's, that's what makes you the complete picture, the complete person. We can't be, if you're too dark, you're going to be, you're going to be going down a place you don't want to go. And if you're too light, people can't identify with you. People can't understand your message. People can't, uh, can't speak your language. So you have to be, you have to be balanced. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not advocating sin or anything, but I'm advocating that, that you, face that part of yourself, that you face that fear, that you get up, that you ask that girl out or you get up on stage and you share your story or you get out there and, 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 and uh, you face your fear of being so clingy to your money and you give to somebody during this, these holiday seasons or whatever, you know, you got to face those fears. And, and that's just a very, very important thing. And uh, that's it, men, men and women. I really hope that this uh, was helpful. I hope that it encourages you. Please continue with your feedback. Please uh, like and share. 
and uh, just let me know if, if there's anything that 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 you you would like me to talk about or that you would like to talk about with me. All right, thank you.